Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Generation of Wrestling Podcast. It's always yours truly, the 27-year-old piece of gold, the franchise, aka the showstopper. And with me as always, I got my tag team partners, my brothers, my family. Introducing first up, he is the human encyclopedia of wrestling, the flawless phenomenon. Joe knows everything. Flawless Joey V in the building. How you doing? Ready to get this payback. Uh, payback pay-per-view. I almost called it Clash of Champions. <laughs> this payback review for this mediocre pay-per-view. And across the way, as always, he is a caramel coated, the light skinned Teddy Pendergrass, aka Mr. One, Two, Three. Pin that ass down, K Breezy, aka Suko Kimbro. Bro, how you doing? Man, I'm good, man. I was kind of glad we went through a two hour and 30 minute pay-per-view. I mean, considering they had a three hour pay-per-view the week before. So good decision by WWE. You don't want two long ass nights of uh, un un uh, terrible wrestling. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey, hey. So, you know how I, how I normally say, like, Mr. Pin that ass down? Uh -huh. Well, I almost turned to WWE and said, Pin that booty down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, about to new day me. All right, I got you. <laughs> pin that booty down. Like, we got children in the front seat. <laughs> yeah, hold on, man. We got kids. Hold on, man. We love you it. believe in me now, sucker? You believe in me now, sucker? <laughs> I see we got the little franchise in the building. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, he go. He, he gonna be rocking with us for for a tad bit, for a tad bit, and Ooh, then I, sorry, I can man. get it, I can get as explicit as I want to well, be once his little ears are out the way. Well, the good thing <laughs> that it's not a PG show, so little little uh, franchise can get breastfed during the show. You know, <laughs> <laughs> coming from the hey, coming from the human milk jug. <laughs> Oh hey, man! All right, hey, man. hey, <laughs> hey, hey flawless look like that soft serve Dairy Queen ice cream that come out that swirl on the cone. Hell yeah, should, man! That shit's delicious, man. That that should be falling over if you melt too quick. <laughs> oh shit! That shit's delicious, wow. man. <laughs> All right, man. Oh. <laughs> Woosa, Woosa. But we get off of here. I might go to Dairy Queen and get me a <laughs> a twist. You know, a little Talk small you. <laughs> yeah, a little twist, little twist, little twist. <laughs> All right, man, guys. I'm man, gonna go in there. Like, can I get a flawless and a franchise? Maybe a little too cold in there. A little Joe. Can I get a little JoJo and a little Daryl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go oh. ahead and mix them together, please. Mix them together. Yeah. Oh man. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Drink open mouth. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is our payback uh, review show. Uh, we're not going to really get into too much of Raw. We're just going to maybe talk about some key points. There's a few things I do want to mention, but this is mainly about payback. Uh, this, like I said earlier, you know, this show was maybe about two and a half, maybe two hours and 40 minutes. And, you know, considering they did SummerSlam the week before, yeah. a lot of us said, why are they doing two pay-per-views back to back? I, you didn't need to do payback. You could have just did SummerSlam and then built up to Clash of Champions or Night of Champions, whatever it's called this year. Uh, you could have did that. You just could have built that up. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into this, man. Let's get this thing out the way. The first match that we're going to start with, actually, we're just going to run through it. It was the Riot Squad versus the Iconics. Riot Squad got the victory. We all kind of won out on that one. Let's get to the show show. Uh, the show kicked off with Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews for the United States Championship. Flawless, my man, what did you think of this first match? Uh, and did you see it going the way it should have? Of course it did because I picked the winner. So, of course, I saw it going the way it should have went. Um, it was an okay match. I'm not going to say it was good. Mm. It was it was a little lack. You know, like, usually the first match of the night usually sets the tone. Right. 
And this match, I was like, oh, man, like this is a match where I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to go cook dinner, you know, and I'm going to go back and forth, you know, because I'm watching the match in the first five minutes. I'm like, yeah, I can't. This match is doing nothing for me. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Lashley beats him clean with no outside right. interference. Right. And I was like, that's that's the one thing that shocked me because MVP and Shelton are on the outside and Lashley just pins him clean with a full Nelson into the trap and Apollo just taps out quick. I mean, loses the U.S. title, which I thought it was done for him. But mm-hmm. what happened on uh, afterward, I liked it. I liked how he attacked Lashley and the Hurt Business and said, I'm getting that back. I like that fire in him. That's what mm-hmm. I want to see. Right. More of that seriousness and not smiling all the time. So, right. you know, right. hopefully these two can go fight, you know. I mean, they've been feuding for like the past like month, month and I, a half. I think they're going to go probably till Survivor Series or October. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Uh, I I thought, and you know, and seeing now looking back at it, seeing how fast this this pay per view went, you could tell no match really got a lot of time. I mean, they had eight matches. Normally, when they have about eight or nine matches, you usually get about three three hours, maybe three and a half hours out of a pay per view. The fact that they did two and a half, and you had eight matches, clearly no one was getting a lot of time to really do anything and really build anything. And I think that also hindered uh because like you say the first match is always the tone setter no matter who it is it always sets the tone for the rest of the pay-per-view and i think having these shorter matches didn't really let the match breathe a little bit but i will agree with you uh i'm not a big fan of this rivalry as much it's it's gotten stale it's been the same thing the hurt business has been beating them up all this time yeah, Apollo beat MVP, but he should have beaten MVP. MVP shouldn't have beaten him for that championship. That would have been a disaster. Yeah. Uh him beating uh him losing to Bobby Lashley and then attacking him, like you say, that fire. You're no longer just being that happy go lucky guy that's just walking around smiling, happy to be here. We saw enough of that with Kofi. We didn't like that. We want you to have passion. We want you to have fire. Franchise, my man. What Yo. did you think of the match? Uh yeah, like you guys said, uh very underwhelming. Uh, you know, Apollo lost the title. Um, like you pretty much what you guys said, man. Y'all hit it right on the head. These guys they've been fighting and getting beat up so much. But I will say this before I complain about how much we've seen this over and over and over again, we complained a while ago about the lack of storytelling in WWE. We said that was the thing we liked about AEW was a long-term payoff. What I noticed about Payback was that there was a lot of long-term storytelling. Uh, Apollo and, and MVP, and then now you got you, you got the addition of Cedric Alexander. Uh, you know, the Iconics, uh, the whole thing with, you know, the Women's Tag Championship. So there are several storylines where, yeah, it seemed like it might be overkill, but they're not necessarily rushing either. You know, even with the Apollo Crews thing, he didn't have the title for an extremely long time, but they didn't necessarily rush and just dumping on somebody else either. It kind of played into the story. So, I mean, am I over the story? Yeah, right now, yes. But, I mean, you could definitely tell either he or Cedric Alexander, somebody's going to be in addition to the Hurt Business. And I think that's kind of what I'm looking forward to, if anything. Okay, to kind of hint on that, so if you watch Raw, uh, Cedric Cedric took a beating on Raw, and he kind of showed that, 
you know, that I'm tired of this beating stuff. Like he 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 kind of had the look on his face that he is going to be that next one to join the hurt business. Right. Uh, but I, I guess my only issue with the hurt business is you're beating up on cruiserweights. I mean, yeah, Ricochet and and, and, and Apollo's probably the really only real, you know, guy that can really hold his own. I mean, Cedric's cool, but Cedric's not beating Bobby Lashley. And and if you and like I said, if you watch Raw, you saw that beatdown that they took. Man, that I, I don't ever expect them to ever get an upper hand on the hurt business. And I and I want to see better from them. But like you say, we were complaining about wanting to see more. We got to see more. We're, we're seeing these guys, but we want to see them do something more. We know Ricochet can do more than just hype up somebody else. The guy can right. go out there and have a great match. Just give them just give them the opportunity to have a match with somebody. But I guess we got to take what we can and you know, you know, it is what it is. Uh Moving on uh, from that, uh, you were, uh, by the way, you were the only one that picked Cruz. So uh, <laughs> you lost out on that one. That's that's what got you down to only five for the night. Uh, <laughs> well, that was part of the reason because uh, you, you lost out on a couple of other ones. But uh, we're going to move on to the next match. And the next match that actually went the way I thought it should was Big E versus Sheamus. And this is where I know a lot of people want to see Sheamus do something more. I'm actually okay with where Sheamus is at. Now, the Jeff Hardy thing, I didn't really care for because Jeff Hardy's already established. But Sheamus going back and forth with Big E, someone that they want to push, they want Big E to have his title run. You got to push him as a, you know, a, a title contender. He's got to go up against former champions. He's got to go up against legit guys. And he went up against a legit guy, regardless of how big of a fan you are of Sheamus. He's a multi-time world champion. He's a Grand Slam champion. The dude is one damn near a Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank, United States, Intercontinental, multiple tag team championships, world heavy. The dude has won them all. He's legit. And for and it wasn't a great match. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't a great match because, again, the timing of these matches were not very – they weren't long. But it was a very good match. Franchise, I'm going to bring it to you, man. Big E, Sheamus, what you think, man? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I think we all pretty much agreed that Big E was going to get the win in that, uh, in that situation. Yeah, we did. Uh, my thing was what I took away from it the most was not necessarily so much the match, but you know, Big E at the end of it. Uh, the biggest knock on a new day, especially even Big E, was that you know, these guys are too happy go lucky. You know, I mean, right. yeah, we, we know in a ring you can go like talent wise, that was never an issue, there was never no denying you guys were talented. But when you talk about reaching and breaking through that glass ceiling and being taken serious as a serious competitor, as a serious champion. We always knew Big E had it in him. We just weren't sure if it was going to quite happen, especially being with the New Day and kind of seeing that they've kind of been pigeonholed almost as strictly a tag team. Now that you got Big E on his own right now, you allow Big E to still be himself, but at the same time, I like how he's silly. But when he's serious, he's letting you know, like, hey, you know, when that red light is on and that spotlight on, I can still kick your ass too. So, I, I appreciated it. And at the end of the match, when it was he and Corey Graves, he like, yeah, Corey, priest of the world. Like, let him know. I'm ready. I'm ready. I like that. I felt like it was a little bit of overkill, but I like the fact that we didn't necessarily get this side from Kofi. We're getting it from Big E, and I can appreciate it. Okay, okay. Um, Flawless, before you talk, uh, I don't know. Have you happened to see any of the talking smack that uh, him and the Miz have been doing back and forth? Uh, some of the conversations or whatever. I know they've been showing some of the previews of it during the pay-per-view. Did you have you seen any of it? No. Okay. Um, I it, to kind of sum it up, I'm first of all, I want to give a shout out to Miz. 
because the Miz hit on on some real real issues about himself that wasn't getting him over with WWE that he questioned Big E and the New Day about. When and the Miz, the Miz also mentioned about you know when he used to wear the hats and he used to wear the outfits and come out due to goofiness and management would never take him seriously until he started to change who he was and then he was able to win money in the bank and he was able to be the WWE champion and he brought up some very good points about the new day just like you said franchise them taking you know themselves seriously but still keeping themselves within the, you know who they are uh, what did you how do you feel about Big E's run? Do you see real big things from it? And how did you feel about the match? Keep 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 talking for a second. Um, ahead, the match was hard hit. The match was hard hitting for me. Um, mm. I thought it was a hard hitting match. I mean, Sheamus was trying to neutralize Big E's power and strength. I mean, it, I mean, it was just blow for blow. These two were like matching power for power, pretty much. You know, two big guys going at it. Um. I did like Big E getting the victory, you know. I mean, if you're going to push Big E and to have him lose, mm-hmm. what good is it? You know, um, I think it was a good win against Sheamus. You know, I mean, even after the match, you saw when Big E was still talking trash to Sheamus. Sheamus is sitting on the outside looking at him, and I think Sheamus was like, it, it told good storytelling because Sheamus is like, okay, where do I go from here, you know? Like, right, questioning himself. Yeah, yeah, questioning himself. And even before the match with Corey Graves, when I think Big E threw like the stuff at Corey Graves, like his jacket or whatever. Mm. And then after the match, he's yelling at Corey, like, yeah, you know, saying all that stuff. I wonder if that's going to be a thing going forward. Like, Corey Graves is going to keep questioning Big E. And Big E, after the match, is just going to keep going up to him and proving him wrong. Like, do you see me now? Do you see me? Yeah. You know, and I think we need that seriousness from Big E. Like, I mean, I knew he had it. I mean, even when he was a heel with Dolph Ziggler and AJ Lee when he first came up from NXT, yeah. when he was Big E Langston. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, um, I think Big E can play the role of being like funny backstage, you know, but like when he gets in the ring, it's all seriousness. Like it just, it could turn and flip a switch with him so quickly. Um, I don't know if they're going to play that like that, but, I mean, we'll see where he goes from here. My idea, what I think might happen if you're going to push Big E is have him face the Universal Champion at Royal Rumble for the title. Or, if you don't, put him in the Royal Rumble match and and have him one of the last three to four guys in there. Uh, well, you know, that always puts somebody over. And I was thinking the same thing because I'm feeling like, OK, you start off with Sheamus, you go through maybe a Baron Corbin, you know, once he's done with his Matt Riddle thing, you go through a few other guys. Eventually, one of those guys is going to beat you. Then you maybe you beat up to a Braun Strowman. Maybe you you go back and forth with AJ Styles. You know, maybe you, you go back and forth with somebody that's a little bit more legit. I, I would say the Miz, but right now he's more in a tag team kind of hosting mm-hmm. kind of thing. So. I would use him, but I, I, I wouldn't use him. Um, one of the things I do like about what Big E said to Corey Graves, and even Corey Graves had to say it. He was like, yeah, you know, we, we have our, our issues. We go back and forth. But one thing I can't deny is when this man is on fire, he's on fire. And you want to see more of that from him. And that's one of the things Corey Graves has always said. Like, when you see Big E like this, man, you can't doubt what he can do because the guy has that legitimacy. He has that passion. If you, can he be funny? Of course. The New Day's been funny for years now. So we know he can be funny. We know he can go off script. 
but we want to see that seriousness. And it's the same thing we wanted from Kofi, but Kofi's too comfortable and too happy where he's at. I, I, you know, like I say, I like what we saw from Apollo. I like what I saw from Big E. Just, yo, I'm serious. I'm legit. I can do this. Give me the opportunity. I'm going to prove you wrong. And right. I, I, I don't have the problem with him and the Corey Graves because Corey Graves is playing that devil's advocate with some people. Uh, moving on, man. We're going to move on to the next match. It's the one match I, I, I should have knew better to pick on, but you know me. I'm the wild card. I pick uh, random stuff like this. Baron Corbin versus Matt Riddle, or should I say King Corbin versus Riddle. Uh, Riddle got the victory. I went with Corbin because I felt Corbin hasn't really won. I don't. I can't remember the last time he's won a pay-per-view. Like, I know people like what he's done. I know they like, you know, his heel and his character. I figured he was due for this victory, especially with the issues he's been having with Matt Riddle. I figured, man, he's due this victory. I, I can't see every NXT new guy getting called up, getting a victory this night. Boy, was I wrong. Matt Riddle got the victory. Flawless, man, I'm going to bring it to you, man. What did you think of Riddle versus Corbin? Man, you know, I kind of feel sorry for King Corbin, but then I don't. Right. Because there was reports going around that if Roman Reigns was actually, if the, you know, if everything would have played out perfect, you know, Roman Reigns would have won the title at WrestleMania. Right. And then he was going to drop it in the summer to Corbin. Uh. But, you know, since all this happened, yeah. King Corbin's probably lost in the shuffle. Now he's been feuding with Matt Riddle. I know Red also read reports that Corbin is not happy having to feud with Corbin. I mean, with Riddle, because, you know, I mean, a lot of guys don't want to, you know, wrestle NXT guys. Oh, you bring this guy up from the from NXT and you want me to put him over? Like, what? I mean, listen, man, it's new stars. I mean, you got to build new stars for the future. But this match itself, I mean... It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. I will say this. I don't know if Riddle's kicks to Corbin's ribs were legitimate or if, or if Corbin was playing it up. Mm-hmm. But, man, if, like, he legitimately kicked him, he was probably like, you know what? You don't want to put me over? Guess what I'm going to do to you? You know, I mean, Riddle is a former MMA fighter. So, I mean, Corbin, if, if Corbin was, I mean, even if it was, like, storyline that, like, oh, Riddle kicked him in the ribs. Corbin's selling it, man. It's a good sell. But if he's not, whoo! But I mean, I did like Riddle getting the victory and then Corbin attacking him backstage. That will probably lead to a rematch mm-hmm. at the next pay per view. But I thought like these matches were having like a spiral effect from the first match with uh, Apollo and uh, Lashley. Like how mm. it sets the tone. Since it didn't, right. it, it's like like a snowball effect. Right. Matches are just been <clears throat> altering. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, franchise, man, what did you think of Riddle versus Corbin, man? <clears throat> like you said, um, I didn't expect. Well, first of all, man, uh, the one pay-per-view that we were probably the least invested in, WWE has actually listened to every single fan for one night. I think one night. One night. one night, every single fan who's a hardcore fan, who's a true fan, we could we talked about we wanted new faces. We talked about we wanted new stars. And literally over the course of last weekend and this weekend, mm-hmm. you've made several new stars. Um, Matt Riddle. I figured he was going to get the win, but like you said, to see this many NXT call-ups actually get called up and put over in a clean way, what? 
like no for, no stupid pin roll-ups, no disqualifications, no countouts. Like, really, I bet I like this. As far as Matt Riddle go, I hope they keep the momentum going. As far as Corbin goes, I'm done with the King gimmick. I mean, to me, I feel like that King Corbin gimmick has ran its course. If you want to go back to the Lone Wolf or, you know, another version of Corbin, I think that would be the way to go. Probably keep him off TV for a while, bring him back. Um, But, yeah, I think right now, man, he's ran his course with the King Corbin gimmick, in my opinion. No, I I agree with you. Uh, I think the King Corbin – I mean, it it doesn't have that – he doesn't have that heel heat that he had before. Like we hated to see Corbin, but that's because they were putting him in these roles that that made us hate him. And, and yeah, not to say yeah. that he was bad. It, that's just part of the business. You right. you boo a guy because you see the arrogance of him, and you like, ah, man, he boo. Why is he getting all these victories? Why is he getting these wins? That's the heel character. That's what you want to see. That's why I say when we talk about Baron Corbin, no, he's not the greatest. There are things about him we all like, and we've all agreed about it. We lo- we've all liked the lone wolf aspect. We hated the general manager, Corbin. We didn't all agree on King Corbin. We had our ups and downs about him, you know, moments. We had our moments about him. But overall, the guy has gotten better over with time. He's He's gone out there. He's, he's put on matches with a lot of people. He's helped build and sell the way he needs to. And you know what? When you say if he would have dropped, if Roman Reigns would have stayed and dropped the title to Corbin, I actually wouldn't have been mad about that because now you're telling me Corbin can go up against a legitimate person. Now, don't get me wrong. The dog food stuff that was happening with Roman Reigns, I I, I want to ignore that because I, I didn't care for that. That 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 was too that was too kiddy for me. Even though, you know, we grew up watching these type of things as kids. I, even as a kid, I probably wouldn't have liked that. But uh, I definitely would have wanted to see the growth of this King Corbin heel. I, I I said it before. When you win the King of the Ring, you should receive an automatic title shot, as all other King of the Rings have. All other great King of the Ring winners, they always got that title shot. The ones that just wanted to be King and didn't do anything with it, those are the ones that usually fail. And unfortunately, Corbin is failing right now with that gimmick. I, I think what you're saying, give him some time off, bring him back. He should come back as a lone wolf, and, you know, maybe that'll help him out. All right, yeah, guys. Yeah. Uh, moving on. That, gonna... that was my problem. That was my problem. That was my that was my problem Wait, with Corbin. When Corbin was the lone wolf, I liked him. He was a badass, you know, beating yeah. people up. Like, when he went to corporate Corbin and King Corbin, it feels like he's a sissy. You know, like, like he's scared and <clears throat> stuff. Tentative and... Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, that that the general manager, corporate Corbin, I, yeah, he was a kiss ass, and I, I didn't, I didn't like that because I saw a badass from him, and I wanted to continue to see that from him. Somebody, all like right, him. <laughs> all right, guys, I'm gonna move on to to me. I feel like now it's the best story in wrestling, and the only reason I'm saying it's the best story in wrestling is because the setup for what's gonna come, like you say, payoff, payback was a payoff for. Some of the stories, the uh, summer storylines that they've been doing. Uh, so, franchise, I'm gonna bring it to you first, man. Uh, uh, Shayna Baszler versus Nia Jax versus the uh, Boston Hug Connection for the Women's Tag Team Championship, man. What are your thoughts on the match? Uh, we all won out. We all picked Baszler and Jax. We all figured they should have they should have won. So you can set up the bigger picture, and we're gonna talk about that a little later. But give me your thoughts on the match, man. Um, so. 
the match itself, like you like you said, a lot of the matches didn't necessarily receive a lot of time. So therefore, with limited time, the storytelling to me uh, wasn't told as much through the moves. Uh, but I will say this: the overall match, I I wasn't the biggest fan of, but I like how the match played out. I like how they had uh, how Shanna Baszler not only made one person tap, but she made Bailey tap by using Sasha Banks, um, which to me was funny. Um, it brings the question up though, as far as Sasha and Bailey, did Bailey tap on purpose? And I think that was the thing with me. It was like, did Bailey did she tap just so she can get rid of the titles? Did Sasha, did she knowingly, you know, put herself in that position uh, to sit there and, you know, have Bailey tap out? You know, just the storytelling behind it, man. You can go in several different directions with, way, with the way that match ended. I do not, however, think that Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax will be long-term tag team champions. I'm no, thinking no, no. I'm thinking this was just a way to get the titles off of uh, Sasha and Bailey, and then eventually another tag team, probably the Riot Squad or somebody like that, might challenge that down the line and end up taking the titles off of them. Flawless, man. Uh, Bailey, uh, Sasha Banks, they they're, they're finally giving us what we should have got a week ago. Uh, outside of that, man, what did you think of this match? And you know what? I know Flawless said he doesn't. Uh, franchise said he doesn't see this tag team for a long time. I think there's something behind it. I think they're trying to build something. I maybe Survivor Series or Royal Rumble may be their end point. But what do you think of this new tag team? Uh, first, let me get into the match, and I'll get into the tag team. So the match itself, I liked how Sasha. I liked how like Nia and Shayna were like arguing, like I'm gonna start first. No, I'm gonna start first. You know, and then right. like Bailey and Sasha like took out Nia's legs. Like, yeah, we're gonna chop her legs. You know, and for a second, it got me thinking, like, oh, shit, they're going to win by taking out Nia's leg and put her in a submission, you know. But, I mean, they did a good job mm. with that. Uh, but when Shayna was in there, man, she was just a straight beast. Like, how she was in NXT, she just dominated people on NXT. I, You know, it's crazy. Like, she was booked just like how Paul Heyman in this match. She was booked in this match the way that Paul Heyman had her booked at, eliminate, at Elimination Chamber. She was dominant mm -hmm. to put that um the dragon lock, the dragon toehold. Oh man, well, you know, she crossed the Sasha's legs or whatever, you know. Right. And, 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 in the and back and then yeah. in the Caracuda clutch. And you know, and then she took Sasha's arm to choke Bailey out with it. That's where I think Sasha and Bailey are gonna go feud because Bailey's gonna be like, Whoa, you cost me this match because your arm, and then Sasha was like, "Well, you tapped," you know. So I, I, it played out good the ending, and then when Shayna and Nia were being interviewed, you know, Nia's like, "No, we don't even talk to you. We're champs." I think <laughs> these, yeah, I think these two are gonna go at it, like argue, kind of like Cesaro and Sheamus at first, where they're gonna be like, right. "Well, I'm better than you," you know. They're gonna, they're gonna be in matches where they're gonna try to one up each other, but I think it's gonna lead to like a friendship, you know, down the line. Mm. Where they really start to get close and just start dominating people. I see them holding the belts for a couple of months. Yeah, I, I said a couple of months because September yeah. now, October, November. I I can see them dropping it if they don't um, 
Well, I can see them dropping it by November. Uh, but the only problem with the tag team it. titles is you don't have a lot of tag teams. I mean, it's well, especially after you just split up one of your tag teams on Raw. Yeah. But uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, I yeah yeah I I like the match. I think for me it was the storytelling. The storytelling of them trying to do everything that Banks and Bailey trying to do everything that they can to win, but. You know, every time they do something, you know, it, it it doesn't turn out the way they thought. You know, even when they knock Nia off the side of the ring, even when they double team Baszler, when they think they've got the one up on the referee and they did something, you know, a, you know, a, a kind of cheating move to try to win and it didn't it didn't work out for them. And then you see them two looking at each other in the ring, questioning everything that they do. For me, that was the best part of this match. And like I said, it was just that story building to give us this match that we we thought we should have got, you know, two weeks ago, but they're going to save it for Night of Champions, which gives them three, yeah, I'll say about three weeks time to kind of build it up. I mean, even though it's already been built, you just got to yeah, continue yeah. to push it forward. So I'm definitely excited. Um, I hope they go the route that, you know, we've all mentioned and talked about. We'll see. But for right now, man, I, yeah, I, I thought it was a good match. It wasn't the best match, but I, I, the storytelling is what made me really like this match. And, uh, for last night or the other night. Uh, like I said, we all won out on that one. Moving on, for me, this was the match of the night. Um, th and this was the match of the night just because it was a clean match, just because you got to see they, they actually promoted the guy for being a beast that he was, and you had a legend, you know, somebody with a name actually go in. Yeah, like yeah. I say, Seamus did that with Big E. I love that Orton. And, you know, Orton is somebody that does not sell. He does not always put in his best effort. It, it is no secret. Orton, when he feels like it, he feels like it. When he don't, he don't. But last night, boy, did he feel like it. And I'm I'm so glad that they, uh, they let Keith Lee win clean. It wasn't no janky type of thing. I'm glad Drew didn't come out because I was telling you guys, I feel like yeah. Drew is going to come out and cost Orton the match. And I didn't want that because I feel like that takes something away from Keith Lee. So the fact that they had a nice match, I mean, they went back and forth. They went to the outside. I mean, Keith Lee's a big dude. So I know when Randy Orton was picking him up to do that backdrop on the announcer's table, I know he had to feel it like, boy, this, whoo, you a big one, man, but I'm about to go with you. We, we <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it wasn't a great, it wasn't the greatest match, but I feel like it was the match of the night uh, just because, you know, you saw a legit star in the making and you saw a legend doing what legends do, man. And you put over talent and build them up. Keith Lee, Randy Orton. I'm the one that won out. I I, I stuck out with it. You two, for whatever reason, y'all went with the legend killer. It is what it is. That's, that's my MVP moment of the night that, you know, uh, for Keith Lee winning out with the victory franchise. I'm going to come to you with it, bro. Uh, what did you think of the match? The match was good. Uh, wasn't great, but it was good. Like I said, the biggest issue to me was just time. It was just time allotted for these matches. I felt like as some of these matches got into more time, I think we would have seen masterpieces. But for the time that was allotted, uh, for the situation at hand, nobody, and I guarantee, well, I mean, you won. But uh, I don't think anybody, even thinking that Keith Lee was going to win, saw this as a, was going to be a clean victory. I thought maybe Drew McIntyre would have came out. Some fluke, but nah, man. Like, Keith Lee likes to label himself as the moment maker, right? Well, right. Randy Orton and that night was the moment maker because he sold his ass off for Keith Lee. That spirit and, bomb. Oh. Yeah, yeah that, and that, that spirit bomb was something beautiful, man. And 
just to watch Randy in the ring and to see how smooth he is in the ring and to see how athletic and fluid Keith Lee is for a bigger yeah. guy, to see two styles that look like it shouldn't mesh go together, man, it's a beautiful thing. So I'm excited, man, and the fact that Randy Orton lost two back-to-back pay-per-views within the same month, within the same week, goes to show. Like you said, when Randy Orton cares, he cares. And for him to do what he did two weeks in a row, I think Randy sees potential in these two guys being the future of WWE moving forward. Flawless, before you go, I want to mention something I saw on WrestleNews.com. Uh, I believe it was Wrestle WrestleZone or WrestleNews. Uh, there was something that they posted that Vince McMahon went to Randy Orton and he told Orton, hey, uh, I want to push Keith Lee to the moon. And I need you to help me push this guy to the moon. He's got everything I want from a, a talent. He's got the pro. He's got the skills. He's got the promo. He can go out there and talk. He's got the charisma. The guy can move in the room for his size. He's a legit star. I need your help in pushing him. And Randy Orton was more than willing to go and do it because he and he also understands that he's gonna he's in that position where he has to do that. Yeah. He's still gonna get that shine that he's Randy Orton, but. You gotta make stars, and you gotta you gotta help you know push the next generation. So, to you, man, man, what what are your thoughts on this match? Um, with the news first that you know Vince went to Randy, of course. I mean, Randy's probably the safest one in the ring to work with. I mean, Randy yeah. could put you over and make you look like a million bucks. Uh, if this was two thousand five 2006 2008 2009 2010 orton i don't think orton would have done it but orton's older now and like you know like like i mean you saw what he did to kofi when he was younger remember what happened with kofi you know the whole stupid stupid you know right now orton realizes like orton you know there's reports that orton wants to work with tomaso champa he wants to work with adam cole he sees these talents like ooh. I could have a good run with him, you know, like he's like an older generation where Orton knows like his time is coming up probably in like another four to five years, I'm going to say. Right. Or maybe sooner, but like he's going to put them over. I mean, Orton can still go. But right. Orton knows like, hey, they're they're the future. I'm going to put them, I'm going to get them to where I was, you know, and help them do it. The match itself was cool. It was good. Um. This was the hardest match for me of the card to pick uh-huh. because I was like, man, you know, like uh, I think Drew McIntyre is going to come mm-hmm. out, but it's reported that he has like a hairline fracture in his jaw. Right. I don't know if it's storyline purposes or if it's for real, but I'm like, man, Drew's going to come out and cost Orton or Keith Lee to match. But so I went with Orton because Orton just lost last week at SummerSlam. So I didn't think he was going to lose two pay-per-views in a row after what happened with him and edge at extreme rules and the run Orton's been on, but with, you know, I, I read the reports that Vince wanted, wants to push Keith Lee also, but I was like, you know what? I think he's just going to let Orton get this victory probably by disqualification, the save face, you know, and all that. But with Keith Lee's new finisher, the spirit bomb, I guess he's not going to be doing the other one. I forget what it's called off the top of my head. Uh, Damn, I can't. Big, I can't. Uh, the Big Bang catastrophe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I so like that like move better. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the spirit bomb's not bad, you know, especially for a big guy himself, you know. Right. To do it, it's gonna look powerful. He did it on Reigns at Survivor Series, and it got a big pop. But um, the match itself was great, man. I mean, no interference. Um, 
I like how, you know, Randy got Lee and the DDT from the second rope, you know, just DDTs. I'm about to go for the RKO. And as soon as he does it, man, Lee just lifts him up for the spirit bomb and bam, pins him cleanly, which I was like, oh, shit, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I mean, it was a good way to put Keith Lee over. Like, if there was a match, the way, like, you know, like I said earlier, if there was one wrestler to put Keith Lee over the top, it was Orton, and it just cemented what Vince thinks of Keith Lee on the main roster. Because if Vince didn't like because if, say, like, Vince brought up Keith Lee, and he's like, <laughs> I don't like the way he looks, Randy would have just destroyed him. But Vince, when Vince sees something in you, he's going to want to push you. Um, I think he, I think Orton's going to get the title at the next pay-per-view. It's going to be at Clash Champions. I think he's going to win the title from Drew McIntyre. With this hairline fracture, they're going to play that up, and Orton's finally going to get the victory. And then I can see him and Lee feuding for that title and with McIntyre in the mix because you still have Hell in the Cell in October. Okay, so before we, uh, I want I'm, I'm gonna move on to the Ray Dominic match. We can kind of go through that because uh, I want I want to talk about some of the things that happened on Raw that involves uh, Seth Rollins, Orton Lee, and and kind of what happened and transpired during that. But we had the next match we're on right now. We're we're on Ray versus Dom. I mean, sorry, not Ray versus Dom. Uh, Ray and Dominic versus uh, the Monday Night Messiah and Murphy. Uh, we all kind of seen this coming. Seth Rollins got the victory over Dominic at SummerSlam. Ray Mysterio's big thing about re-signing was that, you know, they give his son a chance and that him and his son can have a chance to yeah. uh, tag team together as father and son. So it was kind of evident. Uh, yeah, you're, you guys are going to win this match. It wasn't a bad match. Uh, you know, Dominic, again, he's the arm drag master, as Flawless will say. It. Uh, <laughs> but, he, you know, he still held his own. He still did a few things. I'm still iffy about Ray's eye injury and how well he is. I didn't see the part where he might have torn his bicep, so which caused him not to be on Raw to fight Seth Rollins. But overall, the match was okay. We all won out on this. We all saw the writing on the wall. Uh, it should have it should have happened the way it did. Um, well, Flaws, I'll bring it to you, man. What did you think of the, uh, the tag match? Now that your boy actually won this time. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, the arm drag king. Uh, I didn't like this match. Mm, go ahead, I mean, man. even though even though Ray, you know, I don't know when he got injured, like they neutralized him and went after Dominic, you know, it was just something about this match. It just didn't click for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're pushing Dominic. And I feel like it's way too soon, like way too soon. Oh, yeah. like, no, I mean, on Raw, he's. You know, entering into like, you know, hey, he could be fighting for the title, you know, in that picture. And it's like, whoa, no. Mm. No, I understand, you know, he was taking his dad's spot. But still, you do not put him in that spot. And a lot of these wrestlers are going to get upset and say like, hey, man, this dude has like limited wrestling experience and you're going to push him. We're going to show you, you know, if they wrestle Dominic, they're going to rough him up. Oh, yeah, I can see really it. bad. Like, give him some tough love. Uh, the ending of the match, yeah, you know, it looked like it, there could be a Buddy, Murphy, and Zeth Rollins split because Buddy hit Zeth, but he did it, like, where Zeth was coming and he went uh, in, you know, not – you know, it was just too obvious. Like, and then right. Dominic hits the frog splash, which 
he's going to probably be his finisher after his uh, original dad, Eddie Guerrero, you know? Right. Um, but, yeah, you know. Like I said, man, I didn't like the match. It did nothing for me. Right. I know. I, I, I agree with you. Like I said, we, we all kind of just saw the motions. You know, we just went through the motions of the match. We we saw yeah. what this was because we know the story behind it. We knew everything that Ray was, you know, trying to negotiate and, and, and get, you know, so he he can give his son an opportunity. And in a way, like you say, I kind of feel like it's the same situation with Orton when, you know, he comes into the business. And even though Orton is very gifted, he's way more gifted than Dominic is. But Orton wasn't getting in a lot of trouble. And what was saving his grace was the fact that, you know, he was Bob Orton's son. And, you know, people, they they weren't ready to quit on him like they and would. They put him, and they put him in evolution. And that, too. And even when he was in evolution, he still was being a hardhead. So, and and they gave him more chances than, than most would have gotten. Franchise, man, I'm going to bring it to you right quick. And then, you know, I want to hit on a few things about Raw before we get to the main event match. Uh that's a SmackDown match. So we're going to save that for the last bit. But uh, what is your thoughts on the tag team match, man? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm going to call Dominic, man. He's not even going to be Dominic no more. That's going to be arm drag Mysterio from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> you now got no you're sell- seeing the light. Now you're yeah, seeing the light. I, I, I see the light, my brother. You got no cell Rollins and arm drag Mysterio. I got it. Oh, man. Man. I got it. But, uh, Hell of a combination. Man, let me tell you. Right. Nicknames for days. Um I'm a so here here here's my issue. Do I feel like he's being pushed way too fast, way too soon? Yes. However, I'm not gonna fault Dominic for that. I'm not, because at the end of the day, that says something to the roster. That says something about the rest of the guys. Like, what is he doing? That you haven't done. I mean, yeah, granted the fact that that's Rey Mysterio's son, but hell, that didn't work out for Curtis Axel. <laughs> so you so you can't just sit there and say, oh, well, he's the son of a legend. Nah, there's been a couple sons of legends. Uh, I will True. say True. I, 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 I will say this. You know, when Charlotte Flair, when she first came in the game, I mean, yeah, she got pushed after a while, but even when she first came in, I mean, initially, man, people hated her. Locker room hated Charlotte Flair, but Charlotte Flair went out there and proved she learned on the job. Now, granted, she didn't go right to the main roster. No, she did not. I mean, but at the end of the day, it's not always what you know is who you know. And luckily for Dominic Mysterio, I mean, his dad is Ray, and if that was a deal that he and Ray were able to work out with Vince, then, hey, more power to him. Uh He's not completely terrible. Like, if you look at Dominic, really, if you honestly, I mean, you can't compare his skills to the guys that's been on the roster that's been wrestling for 10, 15 years on the Indies. You can't do that. But if you look at it for what it is, is a guy that's relatively new, green is all dog shit. But if you look at just the, the glimmers of what he can do and what he's shown he can do, he's not bad. He's very athletic. He can sell his ass off. Promos is a little bit more work, but I mean, for what it is, man, I mean, it was okay. It was a decent match. Do I feel like he should have went to NXT first? Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm not going to crucify the guy because at the end of the day, if any of the other uh, talent had the opportunity to be in the position that he's in, they'll do the same thing. I, and I don't disagree with that. I mean, let's, let's keep some things on the up and up here. Yes. Uh, if someone's father is a legendary wrestler, someone who's made a career, you know, doing what he does in his business, and he has a son who's able to get into the business while he's still active, yes, we know those people would have had an opportunity. But when I look at, 
you say, well, but when you say that questions the other people and what they're doing, but I'm looking at a guy like Buddy Murphy. I'm looking at an Alistair Black. I'm looking at a Cedric Alexander. I'm looking at a Ricochet. I'm looking at other guys that can go yeah. that aren't getting that same push. And it's like, they're not bad. They're just not doing anything with them. And, and they're not, they're not giving them the opportunity or they're, or Vince is changing his mind or he, he's, he's getting really picky about what he wants to see. So, I agree with you. Yeah, you're right. If if that was my father and he can get me in, sure. But at the same time, it's not totally all bad talent because you got a lot of guys that's talented that should be in that spot, not where Dominic is, but you know, it should be somebody else. And you know what? That, and that's very true too. Because I, I, I don't want it to make it seem like you know I'm shading any of the talent because we already know we joke about you know the catering crew. We joke <laughs> about the the, the, the the lower mid card of evil. We joke about it, but at the end of the day, I mean, we all know that these guys are talented, and these are guys you want to see a Ricochet, a Black, a Alexander. So that's no 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 discredit to them unfortunately when it comes to vince and when it comes to wwe there is this well-known fact he likes what he likes until he doesn't um who's to say dominic okay yeah he's been in two pay-per-views he's in the main event profile match with seth rollins who to this say is three-week push yeah i'm about to say who's to say yeah. by survivor series he's not fucking picking gum from underneath the table and cater himself so <laughs> so i mean let's be honest man i mean yeah he getting his push now but he could be a flash in the pan so that's why that's why I, if i'm the talent backstage man i would get too upset about it and at the end of the day man you know like they say macho man joe your boy the cream always rise to the top and if that's the case man he'd be all right they'd be good back there and if not we always got another company yeah. You know what? You know what? I want to bring up this. I'm glad you mentioned Curtis Axel's name because when The Rock came back to wrestle like John Cena, you know, know at, that, you at the WrestleMania, yeah. and when Brock Lesnar first came back to WWE back in 2014 or whatever it was, mm -hmm. there was one wrestler that those two requested to work with yeah. to help them get back in shape, and that was Curtis Axel. Yeah. Which is I don't understand. It's like it, okay. See, when he had Paul Heyman, I thought, oh, did he have Paul Heyman? No, that yeah, was he, his he did. Yeah, no, no, he had Paul Heyman. He had a Paul Heyman. See, and and I wish like, and I and I hate to say this, and I really hate to say this, but I, I'm 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 thinking because his dad wasn't there, he didn't have somebody really having his back. Like Ray's got somebody to have it. I mean, Dominic's got his father. Randy had his father, you know, it was like, you know, some, some of these guys, they have their, you know, somebody who's a legendary that can help, you know, get in Vince's ear. And if, if Curtis Axel was that good, that those two guys, I mean, come on, the rock, he's, he's doing movies. He ain't wrestling and Brock is doing MMA or, you know, he's not there all the time. So if these two guys are asking for him to help them get into shape, that should that should really put a lot of respect on that man's name. And I wish he would have got a, a better opportunity. Uh, unfortunately, he he didn't. But um, I, I agree with you. I that's that's a hell of a thing. But you know, like you say, if Vince doesn't like something, he only likes something till he till he doesn't anymore. And yeah. like I said, Dominic, he's reached his three week push. You had SummerSlam, you had this pay per view, you had a nice match on Raw. Uh, you, you, you might be getting simmered down a little bit. But before we move on to the main event match, man, I want to run through a few things because you mentioned uh, Night of Champions or you mentioned Orton possibly facing Drew McIntyre. Is it Clash had, of Champions? Clash, I'm sorry, Clash of Champions. Night of Champions, Clash, you know, they always change it. One year is Night of Champions. Next year is Night of Champions. They always change it every now and then. But 
you had Keith Lee go up against the king of the underground, Dolph Ziggler. You had Randy Orton go up against uh, Kevin Owens, which Aleister Black ended up coming out and costing Kevin Owens that match. You had Seth Rollins going up against uh, Dominic because Ray got hurt. And in the end of that, you had Lee win. You had uh, Orton win. You had Seth win. They had a triple threat match, which ended up, which wasn't really a bad match. I thought mm -hmm. those two worked well together. They worked Lee over. They, they but they didn't they didn't bury him. They they made it look good. Or funny antics was like, hey Seth, you go after him while I'm <laughs> he's like, he's like, what are you doing? I thought me and you were supposed to take him out. <laughs> so I liked it. The two heels were arguing about beating up on a big guy that they don't neither one of them want to face one on one. Uh <laughs> And, and yeah, folks, we're kind of running through Raw because the rest of the show, the Iconics are split. The Hurt Business beat up everybody, and Oscar's ready for whoever wants to fight her. Thank uh, you, James. Mickey, which I'm actually kind of glad that she she's back. At least she's somebody legit. Uh, with that triple threat match, and I I have to say I was worried. Like, damn, I wonder if Keith Lee's gonna take this loss. He took the RKO pretty nice. Uh, and then when he started rolling out, you see Orton just hop right all over him. And I gets was and I'm, like, oh, and I'm like, oh, I hope he didn't roll his ankle while he was trying to do that. And Randy Orton got the victory, so it is official. It is Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre at night slash Clash of Champions. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks, but uh, are we are, are are we okay with this? And do we see Randy Orton actually winning and then getting to that triple threat possibility with Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre, maybe at Survivor Series or? TLC or whatever, yeah, or yeah, Hell in the yeah. Cell, Hell in the Cell, whichever you know, which one of those three pay per views do we yeah. see any of that happening? Uh, franchise, I'm gonna bring it to you first. I'm a, I'm okay with it because you allow Randy Orton to be dominant. You gave him. I, we were wondering, okay, well, if Randy was supposed to fight, you know, um, Drew McIntyre originally at the pay per view, how are they going to? intertwine Randy back into the fold with Keith Lee. This was perfect because with Seth Rollins being in there, you had the third person, right? So you had somebody to take the pinfall, and even though Lee lost, he didn't take the loss, if that makes sense. Right, the, fact that, the fact that Randy Orton went out of his way, because it was clear as day, he could have easily pinned Keith Lee. And the fact that this dude literally was as dramatic as he was, jumping like he got down LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could have easily made the pinfall here, but you go halfway across the ring. They they did everything they could to protect Lee, make Lee look strong. Seth Rollins loses absolutely nothing by taking a pinfall because he wasn't in the title picture to begin with. So, uh, I, I, I enjoyed it, man. I really have faith, and I know I'm knocking on wood. But I have faith that this is one call up that Vince will not screw up. I honestly and wholeheartedly believe that Vince cares about Keith Lee. I mean, just look at how fast that he let him go back to his old gear for the most part. He's seen Twitter lit Keith Lee's ass up. It was not happy about it. The music, Vince like, hey, ain't nothing we can do about that. That's copyright pimping. But, you know, he can tell that the fans care enough about Lee to let Lee be Lee for the most part. So, I mean, I was happy with it. I like the way the match went. Flawless. Um, I'm fine. I mean, it's funny. I was looking at something coincident. Uh, Last year, Orton faced Kofi Kingston for the title at SummerSlam and Night of Champions. Right. This year, same thing. <laughs> Except it's Drew McIntyre. <laughs> that is a but, hell of a coincidence. <laughs> but I can see Drew getting the victory. I mean, uh, Orton getting the victory at Clash of Champions. Mm. I can see Keith Lee pinning. Fighting Seth Rollins at Clash of Champions, actually, and winning. Mm. And then Orton coming out the next night on Raw with the title, and then Keith Lee coming out and say, whoa, 
you had a chance to pin me in that match and you didn't because you're scared because you know you can't beat me. And that will probably lead to a match of those two or with Drew in the mix, you know, as a triple threat. Right. Um, I have no problem with it. I mean, I mean, I think it played up good that Orton, you know, hesitant to pin Keith Lee. Like, I'm not pinning him. I'm going to pin the easy one, which right. would be Seth Rollins. Especially after that spear bomb that Rollins took, like Rollins, Rollins took a good again. We call him No Sell Rollins. He sold that. He he sold that spear bomb, and 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 Randy Orton made the right choice. I'm gonna knock you down, but I'm gonna go pin this dude because I know I felt that. I know that's gonna keep him down. Let me go pin him. Even though he hit Keith Lee with that RKO, he's like. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go over here. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> I'm not even gonna mess with you. All right, man. Uh, so with that being said, you know that's 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 as far as raw we're gonna go because the rest of the show was, you know, it is what it is. We're gonna get the, <laughs> right. All right, gentlemen, we're gonna get into the final match. Flawless. I'm gonna bring it to you. And this was, I think, kind of predictable for everybody. Uh, me and franchise, we chose the theme because we just did not want to see the theme lose. Um, knowing that Clash of Champions is later in a couple of weeks, again, my argument makes more point. You could have had the Fiend retain. You could have set it up for him and Reigns at Clash of Champions. You could have had him, you know, just hold on to a little bit. He's gonna Reigns obviously was gonna get it, but that's not what happened. Uh, we start off with the Fiend coming out, and as he gets into the middle of the, as soon as he gets in the ring, Strowman just shows up, and I actually like this. I didn't have a problem with this. Because uh, this showed me that this is a different side of Strowman. He ain't waiting no more. He's just yep. going to go out there and do it. So I, I actually, and I wish they would have did this for Survivor, uh, SummerSlam. I, if they would have fought this way at SummerSlam, the match might have been a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did have a little slow moments. It, it, you know, it wasn't great, but that first few moments of them just going back and forth was awesome. <laughs> uh and then, of course, you know, we got the we got the ring break spot. I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and push up to it because the, the interesting part of this match didn't happen until the end. So, of course, you know, uh, the Fiend, he suplexes Braun. Ring post breaks down. You got the referee jumping out of the ring because he couldn't fall over the rope enough. You know, he couldn't sell it. So, you know, we saw him, you know, he he tried to lean back, but he couldn't go. So he had to jump over and hop back. But we got Roman Reigns. We hear the music. Paul Heyman standing on top of the stage. He's got the contract. And the minute I saw Roman Reigns come out with a chair and then sign the contract, heel turn. You can't convince me that this is not a heel Roman Reigns. You can say, maybe no, it's anti-hero. No, because everything that led up to what he did was heel Roman Reigns. Because Roman Reigns, if this was babyface Roman Reigns, he would have never kicked the Fiend in, in, in the balls. He would have never low-blowed the Fiend. He would have punched him. He would have speared him. He would have did anything else, but he would not have low-blowed him. And the fact that uh, he went out there, he tried to get the pin. They didn't give him the easy pin. He had to hit him with a couple of chairs. He had to low-blow the Fiend. He had to hit Strowman with the, uh, with the, with the spear. He got the victory. He pinned Str- Strowman. We, we said that. We said if the Fiend was going to lose, it's got to be Strowman to take the 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 pin. You can question why have the Fiend win at SummerSlam. You know you can question a whole bunch of other stuff, but you you'll give yourself a headache. So flawless, I'm gonna bring it to you, man, because you were the only one that won out with it, uh, which got you seven for the night, got me six. Franchise had five. Man, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the match? And I'm sure you're satisfied with Roman Reigns winning the championship. Of course, I'm satisfied with Roman winning. You know, I mean, I read last week that the that the plan 
was for him to win on Sunday. So that's why I picked him. Not spoiler. <laughs> when you just click on a link, hey, I mean, they hey, could have hey, changed it. Hey, what, hey, what's that referee? They got caught fixing Charles, them games years ago. Oh, Tom, oh, Donahue. Tom Donahue. Yeah, yeah, Tim Don- Donahue. Tim Donahue. yeah. Hey, hey, that's Joe Donahue. <laughs> hey, I can't help it that if I click on a link and it says, hey, the plan as of this week is for Roman to capture the title at payback. I mean, it could have changed Sunday morning. You know, Vince right. could have changed his mind. But the match itself, like when Fiend came out first, I was like, man, that's interesting. Why is the champion coming out first? I thought that too. And then, you know, when Braun came out behind him and attacked him, boom, 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 they're fighting. And then when the Fiend hits him with Sister Abigail, I'm like, oh, shit, it's going to end before Roman can come out. And then it doesn't. So then those two are going at it for like a little bit. And then the suplex and then little Nate, Charles Robinson, he can't go over the rope. You know, he has to jump over the rope, you know, onto the floor. And that's what Even with the rope coming down, like the rope yeah. is coming down and you still can't get over yeah. it? Damn, Charles, it's time to retire, bro. <laughs> like the whole ring didn't collapse, just one side of it. And right. then Roman comes out with the chair and then signs the contract with Heyman. There's a few people online that are like, Roman's not going to be the champion coming Friday because uh, he signed the contract, you know, not before the match, but during the match, you know, these little nerds. But Whatever. They're like, you'll see on SmackDown, The Fiend's going to get the title back. But Roma comes down and he pins them both. And they kick WWE out. WWE logic, people. And he's looking. I love it. He's looking at Paul like, what the hell? You know, they're supposed to, it's supposed to be over. And then he's taking that chair. Hitting Strowman and The Fiend just blasting Strowman. Goes to pin him kicks out. Then he's going to hit Fiend with the chair. And Fiend hits him with the mandible claw. And Roman just kicks him in the groin. That's heel and, turn. Yeah, that is heel turn. And man, Fiend just whoop, 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 bounces right outside the ring because that ring is fucking. Uh, That's not the ring that got broke yeah. on. Yeah, yeah so broke. So he just, so Fiend just tumbles outside of the ring. And I mean, Roman's just selling that mandible claw for a second, like, ah, oh, shit, you know, my new veneers. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> like, damn. Like, like you bastard. Then he gets in the ring. He's like, you know, forget this, man. I'm just going to end this match right here. Just spins. Spear Strowman gets the victory. It was awesome. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just perfect heel to, for Roman just to come out towards the end, you know. Right. Because, you know, it was, it, it's his shirt. Wreck everyone and leave. You know, he doesn't have to enter the match in the beginning like he said on Friday SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. These are not my terms that I agreed to, you know. I went. I'll sign it when it's on my terms. Right. And what happened on Sunday in the match is when they both went down, that was his terms. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect heel Roman that's going on. And I'm, I love this. This is great. I can't wait for Friday. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's historic. The, the phenomenal one said he can't wait to see a SmackDown. That right there in itself, ladies and gentlemen, is a shocking surprise. Uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that was the end of the pay-per-view. Like I said, Flawless came out with seven. I came out with six. Franchise came out with five. Uh, like I said, this was a two, two and a half hour you know, pay-per-view because they had SummerSlam the week before. We didn't really expect them to do too much. Uh, I, the one big negative about this show was because of the timing. Not a lot of the matches got a lot. I, I want to say the this the, the main event got the most time. I, I want to say that one got the most time just because of the setup and you know it drug out to Roman Reigns finally came out. Uh, 
what you were saying about some of the geeks are saying about uh you know Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns didn't sign the contract. It doesn't matter. Okay, the contract was signed. He signed it. it. Therefore, that made him legal into the match. Even if he wanted to wait halfway through, it doesn't matter. The match was already advertised as a triple threat. He just BS don't coming out there. And actually, that's smart. A lot of people, if you think triple threat, just let the other two people beat him up, then go out there and <laughs> like because yeah. a lot of people think with that logic. So I don't see them. And again, this is WWE people, okay? You don't think with real logic, you think with crazy logic. And crazy logic says Roman Reigns is gonna come out with the championship no matter what y'all say. And the fiend will come out and he'll have something to say. Maybe Strowman will come out and, and you know he'll have something to say because maybe this will set up between a triple threat between them. I, I can kind of see that happening. Uh, but with that being said, you know, this is the review. Uh, any last thing you guys want to, you know, bring up? Yes, I do. Uh, tonight is NXT Special Edition, the Fatal Four Way uh, Iron Man match. Uh, looking forward to see who will be the new NXT champion. I'm torn on who I think is going to win. It will be interesting to see. All right, I want to do this because this is this is a special this is a special match. This is a match none of us have ever seen. Uh, a four way 60 man, you know, Iron Man match, four 60 way. minute Six, Iron Man match, 60 yeah. minute, right? 60 minute Iron Man match. We've never seen a four way, so I want to do something like this. This is just for this one match. Why'd I open my mouth? Yeah, why'd you open your mouth? I'm gonna offer three points. Pick one person, no wild card picks. One person, you pick one person, that's your pick from here on out. Whoever wins, that, that wins, but that, that's an extra three points for whoever gets the right pick. Who you got? Fan Balor. Damn you. <laughs> Who you got, Flawless? Damn. I was going to say Balor, too. But, yeah, go ahead, uh, pick Johnny Gargano. <laughs> <laughs> Champa. Champa. Uh, Champa. All right. Uh, I don't think it's Gargano. I don't believe in Cole because Cole just had the title. He doesn't really need it back right now. Especially if you're going to bring Cross back to beat someone, I'm torn between Champa and Balor. So I'm gonna go ahead and just say Balor because he's the one who's had the he he hasn't had the title in a long time. So I feel like maybe putting the title on him that'll kind of bring something up. So I'm gonna go with Balor. So for an extra three points just for tonight for that one match, I'm going. Uh, I'm going with Balor too. I'm going with Balor. Also. <laughs> I'm going with Balor. Also. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now you thought about I'm it, huh? I said it, huh? I'm not taking. I'm not taking the chance. <laughs> I'm not being down at points, man. I'm taking this risk. Oh, if we go, if, if I go down, man, y'all are going down with me. Oh my god. Oh man. All right. So that's Balor across the board for an additional three points. So you know, hopefully he wins and we all luck up. If not, oh well. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, wins, I, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, right, right. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, oh, I can't wait. I, I can't wait. Now I'm kind of hoping he does win. Just so you <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, guys, with that being said, you know, look forward to that match tonight. That should be that should be definitely be something special. That's four yeah, very talented yeah. guys. They're definitely gonna show up and show out. Uh, other than that, guys, anything else? No. Yeah. Uh, really quick, man. Those little. Uh, losers that you know, flawless be arguing with on the internet. We got a couple words, man. You know, my boy, the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller, 
Chris Jericho, a.k.a. Y2J, once upon a time coined this phrase called ass clowns. And that's exactly what they are, a bunch of ass clowns. Now, if you want to take it back, my boy Rikishi and The Rock, they also had another phrase, and they coined these little piss-ass jabronis. So that's what they are. They're little ass clown piss-ass jabronis, okay? <laughs> Tell us so, how you really feel, franchise. <laughs> so, so, so for anybody that's going against my GLW brother, you know, you are an ass clown piss-ass jabroni, and you are not welcome. Welcome on this podcast, <laughs> but no, we don't fight fair. But no, but no, we don't fight fair. All we jokes, dirty. We don't fight fair. All jokes aside, man. Isaiah Swerve Scott, Shasi Blackheart, man. I see y'all view the video on the GOW Wrestling page. I appreciate it. So with that being said, get back to my yeah. DMs because we're trying to interview some folks. So I know you're watching. So I'm watching you too. You. Please go ahead and do that. Uh, yeah, man. Other than that, man, you know, too cold. You did a great job hosting the show. Flawless. He's in the lead. He's in the lead for right now. So I mean, I guess as we all fucking picked Finn Balor, it ain't no chance of me. I should winning. let him change. I should make him. You know, what? I'm gonna make you keep Champa. No, you pick Champa. I'm gonna make you keep Champa. Just let no, I'm, I'm good with you. No, that's all right. That'd be three points for everybody, man. But that that's definitely gonna be a match we're definitely gonna watch tonight. So um, definitely gonna keep an eye on that one. And to all and, and to the people, man, that's been watching the videos, man. You know, y'all been running them numbers up like crazy lately. We appreciate it for the oh, for the videos we got now, man. We had the total combined over twelve thousand. So you know, man, you know, we trying to be like Titus to go worldwide, baby. <laughs> uh, you guys clearly, if you're watching this, you see us on YouTube. Follow us on our Instagram at Generation Wrestling Podcast. Two code. Uh, you want to plug in Facebook? Facebook? Uh, Facebook Generations of Wrestling uh, Facebook page. You know, we're on there too. So, you know, we're trying to be everywhere. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, with that being said, as always, it's an honor and privilege. It's yours truly, the 27 year old piece of gold. He's too cold. He's flawless. And we see it when you see it. Peace. See you. Deuces. You're going to end it.